are in, where are we at? Ephesians chapter 6. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. Ephesians chapter 6. Anybody remember where we left off? Four, five, six. Go back, start from the get-go. I think it's verse five we're starting this morning. Verse five. Right there, we good? Yes. All right, let's pray. Lord, we uh, just thank you so much for this morning. We trust that um, the songs have blessed your heart. That um, for many of us, Lord, we've communicated what's on our heart to you. It is you that we need this morning, more of you. And we thank you for your word. Lord, may you sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. That you would cleanse us this morning. And speak to our hearts. And by the power of your spirit, you would change us. That you would do that work as only you can do, Lord. And so we thank you for the great things that you are going to do this morning. And it's for your glory that we pray. And it's in your precious and holy name, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. So I'm going to read um, the verses we're going to look at this morning. Um, Chapter 6, verse 5, here's what God's word says. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, um, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. And so as we begin this portion of scripture, remember the Apostle Paul is dealing with relationships, um, not only in the church, but relationships within the home. And this morning we're going to look at also in the workplace or in the workforce as well. And remember where we began this letter, though, I want to just remind us of the context. It's important to understand the context, correct? Because we're not just jumping in like right here. We've gone through this letter verse by verse, and it's important to understand that it all begins with what the Lord has done for us first. And we are simply responders to his amazing grace. All of God's riches are ours at Christ's expense, right? All of the spiritual blessings are ours because we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so we've chosen to follow Jesus, correct? And so the recipients of this letter had chosen to follow Jesus And so what does it look like to follow Jesus? And so in chapter 4, 5, and 6, 
it, that four, chapter 4 is where we began the application. What does it look like to follow Jesus? And we've talked about walking in light, walking in love, walking in wisdom. And we also talked about, listen, it is impossible to do any of this without being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to do what God is calling us to do. And he didn't leave us as orphans. He gave us what we need to walk in what he's called us to walk in. And that includes in the marital relationship, correct? We we talked about husbands and wives. We talked about kids. We talked about parents. We talked about dads. And now we get to this, really it's an interesting section. It talks about bond servants, slaves, and masters. And listen, I just want to like preface this Bible study with number one, Paul is not endorsing slavery, okay? Are you with me? It was a reality at that time. In that culture, in the Roman Empire, um, I think it was over half of the Roman Empire were slaves. And for some of them, that was their only means of income. That's the only way they could survive was, was becoming slaves. Some people were forced to become slaves. And so, and it happens today around the world too, by the way. Sadly, it is a horrible, horrible institution. No one should ever treat others like property. But here's the thing. As we look at this this morning, um, that's what they had to do, right? That's what they were forced to do. And so I think as we look at this um, from a different angle, it could refer to also employees and employers. Or I think also another application might be teachers and students as well. But even more broader than that, a little more, if we back up a little more, what is it that you got to do? What is it you got to do tomorrow? What is it you have to, what you got to do on Tuesday? Rather than it being a got to, it's what you get to do. And I think this passage really helps us have perspective. I don't know if you noticed as we read through how many times he mentioned the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Because the focus is on Jesus here this morning, as it should be, correct? Should it be all about Jesus, the focus? Amen. You guys with me? Okay, so we're talking about walking with the Lord. And so bond servants or slaves or servants or employees or those in the workforce, what's the, um, what's the instruction? What's the command? Be obedient to those who are your masters. And then notice, according to the flesh. And by the way, that, the, the words, the verbs in these verses are always continually. Continually be obedient. And it's the same word we find back in verse 1 for children. Obey your... Obey your who? Your neighbors? Your parents. And, and that word, again, we, that word in the Greek is such a special word. We get the word acoustic. It means to really listen to what they're saying. Really listen to what your boss is saying. You're acting under the authority of the one speaking. Really listening with a readiness to do what is requested of you or, in this case, ordered of you. And uh, for, for the slaves at that time, servants, more things could get really worse for you if you didn't obey. And so be obedient to really listen and to follow through on what's being asked of you. And notice that your master's according to the flesh. That meant your earthly owner, or it means your, the alternative for us, your earthly boss. And then notice the how. With what? What does your Bible say? With fear and trembling. Does anybody find that interesting? Obey your 
boss with fear and trembling. Does that mean, you guys ever see like a chihuahua? Is that what, we're, what it's supposed to look like? I come up like a little, is that what the chihuahuas do, right? They're all shaky and trembling and is that what we're talking about here? You guys know what I'm talking about, chihuahuas, by the way? They do that kind of weird little shake. Is that what it's talking about here? Fear, listen, fear means reverence, respect, honor. Trembling literally means shaking caused by great fear. And it's interesting because in the Bible, we see that phrase fear and trembling used on a number of different occasions, don't we? When Paul came to Corinth, when he spoke to the Corinthians, when he ministered to the Corinthians, it says there that he came with fear and much trembling. In fact, in Philippians 2, we are to work out our salvation, not work for our salvation, right? Salvation's a free gift, correct? Okay. It's work out what he's worked in. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So what's that even talking about? I think, number one, it speaks of a fear of God. It speaks of a fear of God. And I think it's one of the things that is severely lacking in the church, in our nation, everywhere. It's, it's a major problem, having no fear of God before our eyes. What do you mean by fear? Number one, I would say fear of offending God through our disobedience. Fear of not walking in what he's calling me to walk in and the consequences of that. That's having a fear of God also. Or having a re- honor and respect for his word, not playing fast and loose with the scriptures. And I think number two, having a fear of God means to have an awe and a respect of his holiness and his majesty. You know, some people refer to God as the big guy upstairs. I, I would say you probably don't know God. Because there's to be a balance of fear and love for him, but not having, a, not having a disrespect for who he is. And what about this trembling thing? It's interesting. Trembling can refer to shaking due to weakness. And weakness in the sense of my dependence upon God. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's recognizing I am weak. I need the Lord. I need him to do what he's calling me to do and walk in, walk in these instructions. I need him to do that. And notice it also is in sincerity of heart. You know what that means? That means not being a phony. In the workplace, not being a phony, right? We shouldn't be a phony here at church, nor in the workplace, nor in our homes, right? Correct? You guys with me? We're to be genuine. We're to walk in the light as he is in the light. And so, but notice what it says right at the end of this verse, as to who? As to Christ, just as you would do to Jesus. And your boss or employer expects you to do what you're being paid for. And so the, the instruction is to pay attention, to really listen and execute the instructions in a way, he's giving you the instructions. Execute those instructions in a way that is honoring, that is respectful, staying focused in simplicity or not in, in sincerity, staying focused on what you've been called to do, what's required of you. And, and maybe you're sitting here this morning going, dude, you have no clue, difficult boss. He, I'm not going to use the word. <laughs> a jerk. (laughs) Anybody ever have a bad boss? 
Do you know that this morning you can learn from a bad boss if you're paying attention? Yes. You can learn how not to treat people. I've had some bad bosses, and it's like, I don't ever want to treat someone like that. How I'm being treated, it's brutal, man. What about if he's telling you to do something contrary to the Word of God? You need to fudge the numbers. It's a reality, you guys. I talk to people in our church that this happens. You need to manipulate the numbers. You need to cut some corners here and there. You need to make this work. And it's like, no. I understand you're my boss, but my, the word of God says this. Boom. You know, even remember uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You guys remember them? Not Rack, Shack, and Benny, right? You guys remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They got taken with Daniel, right? Taken to where? Babylon, right? They got taken captive, separated from their parents. Their parents may have been killed. They're, all, they're having to stand all alone, brought into that ungodly culture, right? And taught all the, in the public school, right? All indoctrinated, got their names changed, got jacked with. But from the beginning, they purposed in their hearts, didn't they? Not to defile themselves. They purposed in their hearts to do what was right in God's sight. And remember what happened when, and what did the Lord do? The Lord elevated them, right? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Isn't that what happened to them? Did that happen to them? They got these government, they were in the government, government positions, right? They had government jobs, very, are you guys with me still? Government officials. And then all of a sudden, Nebi builds this, Nebuchadnezzar, (laughs) builds this giant statue, has all the, the bands come out and start jamming, right? And when the, they started to jam, everyone had to do what? Bow down and worship the statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't just say, no way, Jose. You know, they were very polite in how they handled themselves. They were very respectful. They're like, you know what? We're not, we can't do this. We're not going to bow down. And they ultimately got thrown in the fire, didn't they? And who was with him in the fire? Jesus was with him in the fire. But they said, here's the deal. We serve the true and the living God. And you know what? If he wants us to come home to be with him, we're good. Or if he wants to rescue us, we're good. But we are not going to do that. And so, but they were super respectful through the whole thing, by the way. Daniel, same way. Remember, he was forced not to pray. They could only pray to the king at that time. And Daniel was like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I'm called to do. Stay in communion, connection with God. And so there is a time where our boss says you need to do this and it's ungodly, unbiblical. And there's a time we need to take a stand and say, here's what the word of God says. And so how do we make the best of our situation? How do we make the best of our situation this morning? I think it's important to notice throughout this text, again, how often Jesus is mentioned. Bottom line, bottom line, here's the thing, gang, where you are serving Jesus. He's your boss. Ultimately, he's the boss in the workplace, anywhere he leads our feet. He's the boss. The Lord puts you there. The Lord opened the door and puts you in that place. And we should, as Christians, have the best work ethic because we don't serve man. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We get to glorify him in the workplace. 
and we're honest, we're sincere, we're forthright, we do things with integrity, and what happens? People look and say, there's something different about you. We're salt. Aren't we called to be salt and light? Salt you can taste, light you can see. There's a difference about our lives as we are serving, whether it's in the church or whether it's outside of the church. And God puts people in our lives for a reason, doesn't he? Does God put people in our lives for a reason? Situations? Do you know that the Lord is using your job right now to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ? I, I think that's huge to, 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 to understand that, the reality. Because why? Because some of our jobs, let's face it, are pretty rough. Maybe, we're, maybe this is not the job that I wanted. Maybe this is not the funnest. Funnest, is that a word? <laughs> not the most fun. But here's the deal. The Lord is using that to make us more like Jesus Christ. Is that correct? We're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, whether it's the people around us, our boss, the circumstances, the situations. He, God's, God uses all of it, gang. Isn't that great? He doesn't waste anything. No waste whatsoever. And, and the question is this morning, do we see God's hand in every situation? Are you with me? Because if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, what's coming out of us? Praise the Lord. The boss is a jerk. Praise God. I'm, gonna, I'm doing it. For, ultimate, doing it for Jesus. Are you with me? You guys, remember Joseph? Like that dude's life. He was a slave, wasn't he? You guys, remember what happened to Joseph? Right. God gave him some some cool stuff, visions, dreams, and stuff. And he went shooting off his mouth just a little bit. Right. He got. Ticked off his brothers, right? They're all envious of Joseph, right? Dad had some favoritism. See what happens in a family with favoritism? No bueno. No bueno. Right? There's so, much, there's so much in that story. So the brothers did what? They faked his death and sold him to slave traders, like the Midianites that were heading down to Egypt. And Joseph ends up as a slave in Egypt. And who bought him? Potiphar. You go back and read that story, it is so amazing. It says the Lord was with Joseph. Isn't that great? No matter where you go, the Lord's with you. The Lord was with Joseph and his master saw that the Lord was with him. How do you see that the Lord is with somebody? How? Because, they, because Potiphar was watching how he did his business. Oh, I'm a slave. I can't believe I got it. Was that, that how he was acting? Oh, you want me to take out the trash? You think that's how he was? No way. The Lord was with him, and Potiphar recognized it in his life. Does your boss recognize the Lord is with you this morning? Do your fellow employees notice that the Lord is with you? And the Lord made everything that Joseph did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found what? Joseph found grace in Potiphar's sight. He was gracious to him. And it says that Joseph served him. And you remember what happened? So he's serving. He's doing the right thing, doing the right thing, doing the right. You guys remember that? 
Was he doing the right thing? Yes. Doing the right thing. And Potiphar's wife kept coming on to him, right? Wanted to sleep with him. Did everything she could. And remember what he said? Your husband's put everything in my hands except for you. How could I do this wickedness, because he saw that it's sin is wickedness, against God? You know what that means? He was doing his job with fear and trembling and in sincerity of heart. The very, the, the very instructions we are given here, that's how Joseph was doing it. And it's so awesome. What happened? He, he got falsely accused. Thrown, he got thrown into prison, didn't he? Yeah. For a while. Thrown into prison for doing the right thing. He ran. Remember when she tried to come on to him? They were all alone in the house. And what did he do? He fled. Flee sexual immorality. He bolted. And what happened? He gets falsely accused. Thrown in prison. You guys remember this story? You guys remember this? He gets thrown in prison. And then what does it say? But the Lord was with him. And what happened? The Lord made everything that Joseph did to prosper. And the captain of that guard put him in charge of everybody. And it says, if you go back and read it, it says the captain of the guard didn't even need to watch him. (laughs) Just go for it. Why? Because he did everything as unto the Lord. That's amazing, you guys. Awesome. And then he served the the baker and the cupbearer. It says he served them. And then finally, you guys know the story. He got lifted up to second in command in Egypt. And as he looked back and said, what? When he saw his brothers, what you guys meant for evil, God used it for good to save many alive. I mean, he had God's perspective on the whole situation. There's no griping and complaining coming out of his heart through any of the stuff he went through. Why? Because the Lord was with him. He was filled with the Lord. It's like, okay, I'm going to embrace this. God gave me a dream, a vision, a promise. Whatever it is, I'm going to just going to trust the Lord. And he hung in there. And I think that's the exhortation that we're, giving here, we're given here this morning to be obedient to our bosses according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Bottom line, we're working for the Lord. And he's working all things together for good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You with me? That's only one verse. Can we get rolling? Check it out. Verse 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but what? But as bond servants of Christ. Not with eye service. Not working to be seen only when the boss is around. Do you guys know people like that? They got boss radar. <laughs> right, guess what I'm talking about? They're, what do they do? They're loafing, sleeping, long lunches, and then all of a sudden, deet, 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 boss is here, and they, they just put their head down. They start working hard, right? You guys have people like that? Yeah. I've had people like that I've worked with. But they got boss radar. How do they know? The, and all of a sudden, they know, the, and not, they're just like, man, they're working so hard. And then when the boss leaves and you're doing it as unto the Lord, what happens? What do they tell you? Slow it down, dude. We can milk this job for another couple of years. You guys with me? You know I'm talking about? You're making us all look bad. You need, to, you, need to, you need to chill, dude. Cool it. It's eye service is what it is. 
You're, you listen, your work ethic shouldn't change when the boss rolls in. You know what I'm saying? You, you only work a certain way when human beings' eyes are on you, not realizing the eyes of the Lord are on you all the time. And, and you know, this is interesting too, the word men pleasers here. Because what, what do we typically say when we're on the job? If I don't please so-and-so, I won't get the promotion. If I won't please the jefe, the boss man, I'm not getting the promotion. I got to please him. If I don't please people, I'll never get anywhere in life, in the job. Really? Where does promotion come from? From God. Psalm 75, 6 and 7. Promotion comes neither from the east nor the west nor from the south. God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Because look what it says in that verse. Who are we to work unto? As bondservants of who? Of Jesus. You work unto Jesus. We belong to Jesus, and ultimately we're working for him where he has placed us. Can I encourage you? Make pleasing him the most important thing. You're serving Jesus. When you're serving Jesus, that changes everything, doesn't it? It goes from I got to to I get to. I'm serving Jesus. Right? Even in ministry. Oh, I got it. Children's ministry. I got to work the parking lot. Listen, you're working for Jesus. Are you a bond? Paul said, I'm a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you really a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ? Again, if we're filled with the Spirit, we're thankful in how many things? All things. Yes, Lord, thank you. Thank you that I get to work the parking lot with this cool orange vest or yellow vest. Or I get to take care of the, the diaper stuff over there or wherever behind the scenes I'm taking care of this and taking care of that no one sees me I'm serving in the Lord sees the Lord sees that's all that matters his eyes are upon you and listen when you are looking to please him other people are blessed bottom line and he sees it all doing the notice the will of God look at the rest of this verse doing the will of God when we say will of God his desire his choice doing the will of God from the from the heart from the deepest part of my being I'm going I'm working for him giving him my best working hard for my Jesus Listen, could it be that God placed you right where he wants you in the workforce this morning? Right at school, maybe you're a student. Could it be that the Lord placed you right there with that teacher, in that class, with those students? Does he want to use your set-apart life for his purposes? He does, doesn't he? Does the Lord want to use your life? You, listen, you are his workmanship. You're his poema. You're his work of art to a lost world, to the people out there in the workplace, in the school, in your neighborhood, wherever the Lord leads your feet. Does he, listen, does he promise to take care of you if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? You guys believe that this morning? Amen. Whose image are you being conformed to? Jesus. Jesus. And God uses it all. And listen, I, I think there's a great reminder too that Jesus, when he prayed in John 17, 
He talked about us being in the world, but not of the world. This is otherworldly stuff right here. Doing business Jesus' way unto him in sincerity, working hard, not being a man pleaser, not putting up a smoke screen, but working as unto the Lord with goodwill. Look at verse 7. With goodwill, with kindness. That's what that means. Do, do you know that how far kindness goes, by the way? There's not a lot of kindness out there right now, especially if you're driving. You guys ever notice that? Goodwill doing service. Did you notice that? No, hold on to that for a minute. With goodwill, with kindness doing service as to the, what does it say? As to Jesus, not to men. Isn't that beautiful? Again, Paul reminds us, who are we doing this for? Who are you working for? Isn't that good news this morning? He's gracious, he's kind, he's good. Not to men, not in goodwill. Doing service, not partially, not cutting corners, not half-heartedly, not complaining, not grudging, not murmuring. Listen, let me ask you a question this morning. What would your attitude be if Jesus asked you to do it? What your boss is asking you to do, what your employer is asking you to do. If Jesus asked you to do that, if you're looking right at him and he asked you to do that, if Jesus asked you, would you serve in children's ministry for me? If your teacher asked you, would you read this? Would you read this and do a book report? If that was Jesus who asked you, how would you do that book report? Sloppy, cutting corners. That's what's happening here. Jesus said, can you do this for me? Do you know that's a reality for us? We do a lot unto Jesus and we don't even recognize it. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25? Jesus speaking about the sheep and the goats at the end of the tribulation. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, You did it to me. What's important to understand, what we do, is that the Lord's behind the scenes, gang. We're doing it unto him. 
I, for me, this is revolutionary stuff. You get to work for Jesus. Not only do you get to work for him, but you get to work with him. And you get to work with his strength and his sufficiency and his wisdom. Does he share those things with us? His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in our, in our weakness. And you say, okay, Lord, I need you. This is a rough situation, rough place you've got me at, but I'm down. I want to serve you. Can I encourage you, never work for anyone but Jesus. <laughs> Just, you know what I'm saying this morning? And did you notice, by the way, service, doing service in that verse? Goodwill, doing service. This is your service unto the Lord. Your job, this is your ministry. This is your mission field, by the way, brother or sister. It was interesting. Wednesday night, I, I wasn't here. Some of you guys know that. I, where were you, Pastor? I was down at Calvary Chapel, Houston, filling in for Pastor Ron. Pastor Ron needed me to fill in for him. And it's so awesome because when you're leaving the parking lot there, they've got a sign. Some of you are shaking your head. I know what that sign says. It says something like, you are now entering into your mission field. That's right on. When you guys peel out and go left, I'm just kidding. You guys don't peel out. A couple of you, a couple of y'all do. <laughs> You're entering your mission field, your ministry. And for me, as your pastor who loves you, Part of my job is to equip the saints for the, for the remember back in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's here, that's there, that's where everywhere the Lord would lead your little footies. <laughs> well, I want to be in ministry. That's not really ministry, Pastor. I want to be in ministry. Listen, where you are, where you're at, that is your ministry. And is just as sacred as the pulpit or anywhere else in full-time ministry. You guys know that this morning? This is like super crucial. Because here's the deal. The issue is not being in ministry, is that the ministry is in you. When you opened your heart to Jesus Christ, a miracle happened. God Almighty in the person of the Holy Spirit came and took residence within you. And Jesus said to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. To go and make disciples of how many nations? All nations. To preach the gospel. To be salt and light. To be his workmanship in the workplace. To shine brightly for Jesus. To be salt for him. Who's our example in all things, by the way? Is Jesus our example in all things this morning? Jesus, what was his, what did he do for years under the radar? He was a carpenter. Thank you. Remember when he was baptized? You remember when Jesus got baptized? Spirit came like a dove, right? Not like a buzzard. Dove. And the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Did you guys catch that? The grammar suggests in whom I'm already well pleased. 
He hadn't preached a sermon yet. He hadn't healed anybody yet. There was no miraculous stuff that happened yet. Sometimes people try to say, oh, when he was little, he healed the wings of a... That's nonsense. Because it says the beginning of his miracles was at Cana. That's why you got to read your Bible, study your Bible, right? Show yourself approved. Someone flings that at you. No, time out, dude. That's, that's some folklore stuff. Or Gospel of Ned or whatever. <laughs> oh, I was reading in the Gospel of Ned, Pastor. That's a good gospel. No, 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 no. Read your Bible. 66 books. Major in that. Know the word. Then you can identify the junk. Why am I bringing this up? Because the Father said, I'm already well pleased. I mean, think about that. When Jesus did business as a carpenter, do you think he ripped anybody off? Think he cut corners? Fudged the data, the numbers? <laughs> took, extra, took extra lumber from the job and then charged the next guy for it? On the previous job? Think he did some, do you think he did some funky patch jobs on stuff he messed up? Oh, the father said, I'm already well pleased. Think about how he worked. That same one is living in you and living in me. Everything he did, recognizing it was before the Father. Everything you do tomorrow, when you go to your, or tonight, some of us are going tonight. Everything you do is before the Father. He sees. He's the one you need to please. He's not hard to please. Trust him, <laughs> right? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. You trust him. You just do what he says. You, you obey your boss. How? Right? With sincerity, with fear and trembling. You're working unto Jesus, not doing eye service, right? Not eye candy, but not as men pleasers, but as unto the Lord, not grumbling and complaining, but with a song in our hearts, a melody in our hearts. The Lord hears the melody in our hearts when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing, look at verse 8, we're going to get to these verses or what? No, knowing, do you know this this morning? Listen, I about fell out of my chair this week reading this verse. It's almost like, was that always in here? I couldn't wait to like, okay, you guys, wait, look, read this verse. Look what it says. Knowing, something we need to pay attention to, understand, something we need to know, that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or, or free. So God, so are you saying that he's equal opportunity? Absolutely. What's this saying here? Look at this. Any good that you do, any good work, laboring as unto the Lord, you will be the recipient of the same good from Jesus, no matter what your position in life. This is awesome. Because what Because you know what happens? I know some of you are saying, whoa, 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 time out, Mike. Working this way, I'm not going to get compensated. I'm not, it's, you know, it's, I've been working this way, and I'm just not getting paid what I'm worth. <laughs> I'm going to get the short end of the, if I do it this way, I'm going to get the short end of the stick. I'm going to be overlooked. They're going to promote someone else. I'm going to be unappreciated. I'm not going to get a plaque for my house. 
Can I encourage you this morning? He will make it worth your while. He promises. Is that awesome? He'll make it worth your while. He takes care of those who work for him. Whether you're slave or free, so you just do good. Didn't Jesus say something about that in the Gospels? Did Jesus say something like that in the Gospels? Luke 6. I got to read this. This is so good. Is that good news this morning for you guys? Like you just do good? You do what you're supposed to do? He'll take care of you. He'll provide for you. He's going to bless you. I think that's amazing. Luke 6. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to read it. We've got time. We've got time. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully uses you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Is that the golden rule? I thought the golden rule was he with the most gold wins. This is it right here, isn't it? Just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. And he goes on to say, he's talking about giving, loving, doing good, lending, looking for nothing in return. Your reward will be great. You'll be sons of the Most High. You'll bear a family resemblance, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. And then here's the verse I was looking for. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Isn't that beautiful? The context is giving grace, giving mercy, doing good. The measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you from the Lord. And so we come back to Ephesians 6, and no matter what area of life, it's slave or free. So it's not just the employee, it's someone that's not even working. You're just chilling out or whatever. You're in school. You're at home. You're a homemaker, whatever it is. Whatever your role. The Lord says, I'm going to take care of you. But what about bosses? Look at the next verse. Let's check it out. Masters or owners, bosses, managers, teachers. Do, it's continually, the verse is, Continually do the same things to them, to your employees. I think the context is doing good, too, by the way. Continually do good to them, knowing, pay attention to, understand your boss, your own master. Who's that? Jesus, the Lord Jesus, resides in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. He doesn't. Play favorites just because of your status, your title, your wealth, your position. You've got whatever on your desk. You've got a sign that says big boss man. 
you also answer to Jesus. This is so good. So you know what? Be gracious with people just as God has been gracious to you. You run a tight ship. I run a tight ship, Mike. Hallelujah. It's awesome. Well, standards must be kept. Roles need to be fulfilled. Absolutely. But the way that you handle yourself should provoke people to say, wow, there's something different about you. The way you handle people, the way you handle your business, you do it with such grace. Where'd you pick that up at? Well, in college, I went, no, you're going to say that? How about the Bible? Jesus is the one who showed me how to do this. You go on record for him. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've tuned out. I'm a kid. I don't work. I'm not a boss. Can I encourage us this morning? Every one of you is a boss. Did you know that? What do you mean by that? Pastor, now I know you're nuts. You lost it, dude. Listen, people are working for you. I recognized it this week. I was at dinner with my daughters, and some of you guys know Sloan, my daughter, and Mackenzie are in college. Sloan works at a restaurant as a, as a hostess. You know, people are working for you. How about that waitress? How about that hostess? That person at the counter when you get your gro- when you, the grocery store, right? Or do you guys use the machine? Oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get in. And get, I don't want to see anybody, Mike. How the, they need to hear about Jesus too, by the way. Do you know they're working for you? How do you treat them? Do we treat them with grace? Or do we go online and blast them or whatever? Are we kind to them? Do we, do good, do we appreciate them and do good to them? Because guess who's behind it all? Guess who's, you're doing it as unto? Unto Jesus. Unto him. And we, want, we, we are to treat them the way that God treats us, with grace and goodness. Well, she was rude. And you know what? How rude are we to the Lord sometimes? And he keeps giving us layer upon layer of grace and his kindness. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. It's mercy. Are you with me this morning? And then, well, we're out of time. I was going to do the next verse. Maybe I'm, I'm just going to read it. Check it out. Because this will encourage you this morning as we end. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the, in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know what that means? We don't go it alone. We've got the Lord with us to give us the power, the strength to do what he's asking us to do. Are you with me this morning? Isn't that good news? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much for your word this morning. And God, I pray as it washes over us that, that, that Lord, that we would take away the things that have come from your heart and that our hearts would be purified in a special way, that we'd be sanctified and changed. And God, our attitudes would be changed and our actions. And, and it'd be because of you, Lord, working in our hearts. We want to please you and honor you and to walk in truth. Thank you for your power, your might. Thank you that your grace is sufficient. 